glad you're here today to celebrate with us all that God is doing. We've been in a series together for the last, this is week five, called Vision, Embracing the Call, and we've been talking specifically about the, the calling that God has placed on our lives as individual believers, but then together as his church, as his body, he has called us to, to something bigger than any of us as individuals could accomplish. And week one, we, we started with the foundation that he has called all of us to proclaim the gospel. Every one of the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all have a commissioning at the end of the gospel where Jesus tells his disciples to, to go and preach the gospel or, or that they are sent just as the Father sent Jesus. He told them to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing and teaching and then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we see Jesus say this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Again, Jesus is commissioning or calling or sending his followers to take the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ from their community to the ends of the earth. And at that time, the ends of the earth looked a little different than it does today. There was two entire continents that, that the known world at that time didn't even know about. But as God expanded humanity's reach around the world, so the message of the gospel expanded around the world. And this morning, we're going to see that from the very beginning of the church, missions and church planting was central to the calling that God had placed on the lives of his followers. Missions and church planting has always been central to our calling as a church, as the people of God, as the body of Christ. So we're going to look in Acts chapter 11. We're going to look in Acts chapter 14 and one verse in chapter 15. So if you want to turn in your Bibles, we'll be in Acts chapter 11 in just a minute. So this series vision, embracing the call, we've, we've really been trying to establish as a church what is the calling that God has placed on us. And our mission statement as a church comes right out of Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And so our mission statement as a church is this. We exist to be people empowered by God to make a difference in our neighborhood and around the world through the gospel. That is the good news of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection, the salvation that we have through him for the glory of God. That's why we exist as a church. That's what we are called to do, and then specifically, we believe that the best way to accomplish that mission, our vision, is to multiply churches in hard places. 
And so we're sending out Arthur and Jess Gonsalves in January to plant a church in downtown Sanford, and we're praying about who the next church planner will be in a couple of years from now. Our missionaries, Mark and Gurley Johnson, are planting churches in Southeast Asia. Douglas and Christy Pais, their desire is to see churches planted in North Africa. Josh and Alex Zuniga come alongside the local church and, and help the local church minister to those who are struggling with addiction, who are in bondage to, to substances and, and trauma and, and things in their life that, that keep them entangled and in, in, in bondage. But it's all about the local church. Missions is about the local church, and we're going to see that this morning from Acts chapter 11 and then into chapter 14. So let's pray, and then we'll get into the message this morning. God, we love you. God, I thank you for our time of worship today. So we make much of you, of your call on our lives. We declared, great are you, Lord. And Lord, it's also our desire to see your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we sang the words, may your kingdom come and your will be done. And Lord, in the book of Revelation, we see that it is your desire that one day around your throne, every nation and tribe and tongue will declare holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, worthy. And so Lord, we sang this morning, all the earth will shout your praise. Our hearts will cry, our, 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 our tongues will speak, great are you, Lord, and that is our desire. Lord, speak to us through your word today. Encourage us, challenge us, shake us up, give us ears to hear and hearts to obey. Be glorified in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so Acts chapter 1, verse 8 is where we started this series, Jesus is speaking to his disciples right outside of Jerusalem, and he tells them, hey, stay in the city, and when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria. Jerusalem is the city where they lived. Our city is Orlando, Florida. I love Orlando, Florida. I've lived in other places, and I did not love those other places. But I love Orlando. Some of y'all are new to Orlando, and you don't love it yet. But I'm telling you, it's the best place to be. Talked to, talk to a couple people who are new to the city, and they said, so far, so good. So, you know, we're, we're doing all right. But this is, this is our city. And, you know, I just believe when you live in a place, you ought to love it. It's the place where God puts you. And it gets really hot here. I mean, you know, there's, there's some traffic Luckily, I don't have to drive on I-4 every day. If I did, I don't know if I would love the city as much, but I love this place. I love raising my family here. I, I grew up here most of my life from the time I was eight years old. And, and I believe God has called us to love the place we live so that we can love the people in the place where we live and so that we can invest in them, share the good news, the gospel with them. So Jesus said, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, that's the place where the disciples lived. And then Judea and Samaria, this is kind of the region outside of your local home. And then to the ends of the earth, and that means exactly 
what it says, the ends of the earth, as far as you can go, you should take the gospel there. And so we, we see the disciples called to this and they hang around in Jerusalem and they're praying and then God comes in power through his Holy Spirit and, and he sends them out into the city. They were in this little upper room, about 120 people and they go down and, and Peter just starts to teach the good news of Jesus Christ and says that day that 3,000 people were saved and added to the church. And, and this movement, this church movement, this gospel movement began to spread in Jerusalem. And it wasn't too long after that that the Jewish religious leaders started to really um, persecute these believers, these believers who declared that Jesus was the Son of God and that he rose bodily from the dead. And these Jewish religious leaders said, you can't teach that stuff. That's heresy. And they began to persecute these people. Scripture tells us that there was a man named Stephen who was one of the deacons, one of the leaders in that early church, and they pulled him outside the gates of the city and they threw rocks at him until he died. And as he was dying, his last words were, God forgive them. It says that he looked up and saw Jesus and went to heaven to be with his Lord. The first martyr, the first one who was killed for his faith in that early church and then in Acts chapter 11, starting in verse 19, we see this. You can read along with me. It'll be on the screen. Now, those who had been scattered as a result of the persecution that started because of Stephen made their way as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, who came to Antioch and began speaking to the Greeks also, proclaiming the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a large number who believed turned to the Lord. And news about them reached the church in Jerusalem, and, and the church in Jerusalem sent out Barnabas to travel as far as Antioch. When he arrived, he saw the grace of God, and he was glad and encouraged all of them to remain true to the Lord with devoted hearts. For he, Barnabas, was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and large numbers of people were added to the Lord. Then he, Barnabas, went to Tarsus to find Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year, they met with the church and taught large numbers." The disciples were first called Christians in Antioch. So we see this early church, this early group of believers, and Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, and then you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. But they didn't immediately leave Jerusalem. I mean, they were having a good time in Jerusalem. People were getting saved, 3,000, and then uh, uh, just not very long after that, 5,000 people came to faith because of the testimony of a man who was healed, who had been lame, who couldn't walk for his whole life. And Peter and John went to the temple to pray one day, and they said, we don't have any money to give you, but here's what we do have in the name of Jesus. Get up and walk. And that man got up, and he was walking and leaping and praising God. And the people around said, what is going on? And Peter and John began to preach the gospel. And those religious leaders said, you can't do that. And they said, look, Either we're going to obey you or we're going to obey God, and we think we should obey God. <laughs> so they beat him up, and they sent him out and said, don't do it anymore. And it says they celebrated that they were counted worthy to be persecuted for the gospel. But they didn't leave Jerusalem. 
until Stephen was murdered. And then people begin to flee Jerusalem and they went as Acts chapter 11 tells us up the coast of the Mediterranean out of Jerusalem and out of Palestine, Israel at that time. It says that they went to Cyprus, which is an island there in the Mediterranean. And they went to Antioch, which is a city just in the northern tip of Syria, right before you get to modern-day Turkey at that time called Asia Minor. And they were preaching the gospel in these places outside of Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria. They were, now they were headed to the ends of the earth. And I want you to see something this morning. God will do whatever he has to do in order to accomplish his mission. God will do whatever he has to do in order to accomplish his mission. Stephen was martyred. He was killed for his faith. But you know what? God used that tragedy to begin to grow the church. It's been said by the early church fathers that the blood of the martyrs was the seed of the church. And every time believers were persecuted in those early days of the church, they just spread out and went even further and took the gospel with them. And that's what we see in Acts chapter 11. And God is doing whatever he has to do to accomplish his mission because God is working all things together for our good and his glory, Acts tells us. I'm sorry, Romans 8, 28 tells us. So they go to Antioch and they're preaching the gospel first to all of the Jewish people because after all, Jesus was the fulfillment of Jewish prophecy. He was the Jewish Messiah. And so most of the early, all of the early believers were Jewish and they believed this was just something for the Jewish people. But there were some men, it says from Cyrene and from Cyprus, which were not Jewish places, it says they began to preach the gospel to Greeks or non-Jewish people, Gentiles. And they began to come to faith. And so the people in Jerusalem said, what's going on up there in Antioch? And they sent this guy Barnabas to check it out. And Barnabas said, this is awesome. More people are getting saved. God has opened up his gospel to the whole world, and now we're seeing it take place. And Barnabas stayed in Antioch. In fact, he went and found this guy named Saul, who we'll, we will later know as Paul, a man who was persecuting the church. He was there the day that Stephen was stoned to death, holding the coats of all the people who were throwing the rocks. He was persecuting the church, but God radically transformed his life. And now Barnabas goes and finds Saul in the city Tarsus where he was born. And he says, hey, you got to come see what's happening. And Barnabas and Saul, they start this discipleship ministry there in the church in Antioch. And, and people are getting saved and people are turning to Christ and, and people are getting excited about the mission of the church. And so we see in Acts chapter 14 what happens when these people start to get excited in verse 21 Acts 14, verse 21, it says, I'm sorry, we're not in 14 yet. We're in Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13, verse 1. It says, now in the church at Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, that's the guy that they sent from Jerusalem. Simeon, who was called Niger. Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, a close friend of Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. Saul. 
These were the leaders of the early church in Antioch, the pastors, the elders of that church. And this was a diverse group of guys. Barnabas was a, 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 grew up a devout Jew. Simeon, called Niger, was probably from Africa. His name implies that he was black. That's what his surname meant. Lucius of Cyrene was Greek. Cyrene was a Greek province. Menaean was, was Greek. He was a close friend of Herod the Tetrarch. He was well-connected politically even. And then you got Saul who was persecuting the church before he became a follower of Jesus. As they were worshiping, verse 2 says, the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. And then after they had fasted and prayed and laid hands on them, they sent them off. Verse 4 says, so being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Seleucia and from there they sailed to Cyprus. So we see the church starts in Jerusalem and, and God allows this persecution to take place which causes the church to then spread throughout the Middle East. And, and this incredible church gets established in Antioch. It's a diverse church full of people from, from different cultures and places. It's the first place where Greek Gentile people are really a part of the church. It's the first place where Christians are called Christians, the scripture tells us. And then out of this church, they're having a great time. I mean, it's an incredible church. People are loving, gathering together. And one day the leaders in the church are praying and God says, hey, I want you to take Barnabas and Saul and I want you to send them out. They've done a great job here. I know you love them, but it's time for them to go on to their next assignment. So the church agrees and it says that they lay hands on them and pray. And they send them out. And then verse 4 tells us, so being sent by the Holy Spirit. The church physically sent them out, but the Holy Spirit is the one who empowered them for their mission. And they went out on this first missionary journey. I want to show you a map. It'll be up here on the screen. And this shows... Uh, this shows the first missionary journey of Saul. So you see over to my left and your right, the city of Antioch. And then Seleucia is right under that. That's the port city. And the first place they went was the island of Cyprus, a city called Salamis. And then, and then from Salamis, they went to a city called Paphos there on the island of Cy Cyprus. And they preached the gospel there. We know from Acts chapter 11 that there were, were already some believers on that island that after the persecution of Stephen, they went there. So really, Paul and Barnabas were, were strengthening those who already believed in that place. After they left Pathos, uh, the city on Cyprus, they sailed up the Mediterranean uh, to a city called Perga. Perga was a city there on the southern coast of, of modern-day Turkey, Asia Minor at this time, and the region was called Pamphylia. And they began to preach the gospel there in Perga. After a little while of preaching the gospel in Perga, they went up further north to another city called Antioch. Antioch in Pisidia, that was the region. Now, Paul and Barnabas had come from Antioch in Syria, and now they were going to Antioch in Turkey or Asia Minor. And the reason there were so many Antiochs at this time in history is because there was a Greek general named Antiochus. And, and there were several Antiochus, number one, number two, and number three. And so there was lots of cities called Antioch. Kind of like, you know, what, 
Uh, Springfield, there's lots of Springfields, like every state has a Springfield. Um, um, I couldn't think, there's not a lot of Orlando's, so that didn't apply. I think there's one somewhere, but anyway. Yeah. What? Hollywood. There's Hollywoods too, yeah. So, I digress quite a bit. Uh, so they go to Antioch, right? And they start to preach in Antioch. Antioch and Pisidia. And it says that they go to the Jewish synagogue and they're preaching the gospel there in the synagogue and, and the, they begin to declare that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died and rose again bodily from the grave. And the religious leader said, wait a minute, you can't teach this. So day two, when they come back to the synagogue, the religious leader's there and they start a fight and there's all this conflict and they kick him out of the synagogue. And Paul and Barnabas say, that's okay, we're just gonna take this gospel now to the Gentiles. And it says that the Greeks or the Gentiles were overjoyed with this news. And so now they're preaching the gospel. People are coming to faith, those, some Jewish believers and some Gentile believers. But eventually the Religious leaders there in Antioch get fed up with it and they chase them out of town. And so they leave there and they go to another town called Iconium. And they're there in Iconium and first they go to the synagogue and then they go to the Greek Gentile people and they're preaching the gospel. But eventually the religious leaders from Antioch hear that they're taking the gospel there too and so they round up a posse and they go to Iconium and they run them out of that town too. And so they go from Iconium to uh, another town called Lystra. Lystra. And while they're in Lystra, God uses Paul to heal a man whose, whose foot was injured and he couldn't walk. And Paul heals this man. And so the priest of Zeus, the Greek god, says Paul and Barnabas must be Greek gods. And so they say Paul, uh, Barnabas is Zeus and, and Paul is Hermes and they bring out a bull and they're gonna try to sacrifice an animal to Paul and Barnabas and they're like, no, 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 chill out, guys. Like, we're not God. We serve the one true God. And, and it says that they barely restrained the people from sacrificing to them. But they begin and they, they keep sharing the gospel and eventually they leave Lystra and they go to a town called Derby. They're sharing the gospel there. I want us to see a few things that happen in this. This is all in um, Acts chapter 13 um, and a little bit of, of 14. You can read all that story that I just summarized for you. First, there's persecution that takes place. There was a guy on this trip, his name was John Mark, and the trip was hard, and it tells us that he left Paul and Barnabas and went back home. Because it's hard. There's opposition. Ministry is hard. Then Paul and Barnabas face these religious leaders who just try to shut them down, and they hold power and influence in the city. Paul and Barnabas are new to town and they make life really difficult for them. And as we think about our missionaries and church planters this week that we're sending out, I want you to know that the ministry that they do is hard. There is spiritual warfare that takes place. There are people who are opposed to the message that they are proclaiming. Douglas and Christy Pais are going to North Africa. They're going to a place where technically it is not legal 
to share the good news of Jesus Christ. They could be thrown out of the country. Those who come to faith in that country could be persecuted and prosecuted legally for their faith. It's hard. We need to be praying for them as they go. They've got to go and learn a brand new language, learn a brand new culture. This week they were sharing with us the last time they were in that country, they were on their own for breakfast and they went and tried to buy some eggs and butter and they could not figure out how to buy eggs and butter. The shopkeeper was trying to sell them like a giant block of butter and they were saying, no, we just need like a little bit of butter. No, we, we don't need 30 eggs. We just need two eggs. And they finally figured it out. They felt really good. And then they thought, oh, no, we've got to get lunch today too. <laughs> They're going to a place. They don't know the language. They don't know the culture. It's hard. There's spiritual warfare on top of that. We need to be praying for them. Josh and Alex Zuniga, who are doing ministry among those who are struggling with addiction, I want you to know that addiction is spiritual bondage. Like Satan and his army are all over that. That is, that is one of the greatest footholds of their kingdom. And when people start to get saved and their lives transformed out of that, there is incredible spiritual warfare that takes place. When, when dealers start losing their clients, they're not happy about that. When pimps start losing the women that they are prostituting, they're not happy about that. And there's persecution, and there are hard things that take place. Hey, when you're serving uh, recovering addicts in your community, there's just people in the neighborhood who say, we don't want those people in our neighborhood. That's spiritual warfare. It comes at them from all sides. They just had a little baby. Any of y'all that have had a first baby, remember, that ain't easy. <laughs> you don't know what you're getting into. Arthur and Jess are going to plant a church in Sanford, Florida, a brand new church pioneering a work that, has, that hasn't existed up to this point. And that's hard. And there's spiritual warfare. Mark and Gurley Johnson planting churches in Southeast Asia. I want you to be praying for the opposition that these missionaries and church planters face. Mark shared with us this week their first year in the country. Other believers in Cambodia were trying to get them thrown out of the country because they didn't want people competing with their churches. What? Opposition and spiritual warfare is a real thing and we need to pray for our missionaries. Hey, I also want you to see, so Paul and Barnabas, they go to, to, to Lystra and the people try to turn them into gods. And we also need to pray for our missionaries and church planners that God will keep them humble. Because sometimes when God begins to do a great work through someone and people say, you're making such a difference in my life, you're such a blessing, I can tell you that pastors and church planners and missionaries and Christian leaders sometimes start to believe their own press. 
and they get distracted from the real mission. And we need to pray that God would keep their heart humble and centered on him. So Paul and Barnabas, they go from uh, Perga to Antioch to Iconium to Lystra and to Derbe. Then it tells us, we're gonna flip over to chapter 14, verse 21. After they finished preaching the gospel in that town, that is the town of Derby, and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra, to Iconium, and to Antioch, strengthening the disciples by encouraging them to continue in the faith and by telling them it is necessary to go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders or pastors for them in every church and prayed with fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Church planting is the goal of missions. Paul and Barnabas go on this trip. They go uh, this tour of cities sharing the gospel. People are coming to faith. And then they go back through those cities to make sure that there is a church in place, to make sure that the believers are gathered together as one body. And they make sure that there are leaders in those churches who can help shepherd God's people. Because church planting is the goal of missions. That's why we go, we take the gospel, but then Jesus wants to see his body replicated in places. And those churches that they established in those cities then become part of the big mission because new missionaries are sent out of Lystra and Iconium and Derby and Antioch and Pisidia. Those, those churches gathered up funds to support the church in Jerusalem and to support missions work all over the world. It's this incredible thing that God uses his body locally and globally to come together to accomplish his mission. That's what he's been doing since the very beginning. And here we are this week, and we're a part of what God started 2,000 years ago in the early church. That's why we do missions week. That's why we do it like this. It's why we ask you to give sacrificially. It would be much more efficient if God just stroked a big check for every one of these guys that wants to go out. They don't have to go ask for money. It's embarrassing to say, hey, we need your help. We need your support. That's hard to do. I mean, it seems like God owns the cattle on a thousand hills. He could just, you know, send them out with an inexhaustible bank account and everything would be great. But that's not how God works because we need each other. They need us, and we need them to remind us what we're a part of and, and to remind them that they are dependent on God and his provision through his people, through his body, the church. So we see this cycle take place. So after they establish these churches in all these towns, it says that they sail back to Antioch, and we're going to read in Acts chapter 14, verse 26. From there, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work they had now completed. And after they arrived and gathered the church together, they reported everything that God had done with them, that he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles. Then in verse uh, chapter 15, verse 3, it says, when they had sent them on their way by the church, they passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, describing in detail the conversion of the Gentiles, and they brought great joy to all the brothers and sisters. 
It's this cycle of missions and church planting and ministry that takes place. A church in Antioch says, Barnabas and Paul, we want you to go. We're praying for you. We are sending you. They supported them financially. They supported them through prayer as they went. And they took the gospel in this little circuit that God put them on. There was opposition for sure. And then they came back through all of these cities where God had begun to work and they made sure that there were churches established that would carry on this gospel work. They put elders and leaders in place. And then they came back home to Antioch. They didn't have email, right? They weren't sending back letters. Hey, two people got saved today. Like they had to come back after a long time being away. The people were praying for them and they said, you guys will never guess what happened. We went to Cyprus first and people were getting saved. Then we went to Turkey and, and uh, you know, people were getting saved in Antioch. It was incredible. There was this great movement. They kicked us out and they chased us all over the region, kicking us out of the next city and the next city. We went to Iconium. We went to Lystra. Some people tried to sacrifice a bull to us. Like imagine those stories. And as they shared that God had opened the gospel to the Gentiles, it says the people were filled with joy. And this week, there ought to be some joy in our hearts that we get to be a part of the ministry of Doug and Christy Pais and Alex and Josh Zuniga and Arthur and Jessica Gonsalves and Mark and Gurley Johnson. The work that God has called them to, the work that has already been done and the work that will be done in the future and we come alongside them and we encourage them and we pray for them and we support them. That's what this week is all about. That was only Paul's first missionary journey. He had two more. And every time he had a new missionary journey, he took new people along for the ride. So as we read through the New Testament, we hear about Silas, we hear about Timothy, and we hear about Titus, and we hear about Aquila and Priscilla. We hear about Phoebe the deaconess. We hear about all of these people that God raised up to partner with Paul in ministry and to go with Paul and to support Paul. We hear about Epaphroditus and Paul says, he loves you church. He, he was so sick, worried about you. He almost died. As God continued to raise up new people for the ministry and the mission. And that's what this week is all about. It's what we are a part of. It is a legacy that continues today that started 2,000 years ago. Missionaries who went out. First from the Middle East. Then from North Africa, there was an incredible movement of churches in North Africa. Then from Europe and Rome. You guys have heard about St. Patrick, right? We'll celebrate his special day in March. Do you know, besides chasing all the snakes out of Ireland, St. <laughs> Patrick was a missionary church planter. He was enslaved in Ireland and he escaped and then he went back and said, I gotta go plant some churches there and tell these people about Jesus. And he went and planted churches all over Ireland. Just a couple of centuries ago, people like 
William Carey and Hudson Taylor, Adoniram Judson. These are missionaries who started incredible works all over the world. Did you know that about 100 years ago, the country of Korea was less than 1% Christian? And today, the nation of Korea sends out more missionaries per capita than any nation in the world. After only 100 years. Is that crazy? That would be like me telling you that 100 years from now, Afghanistan would send out more missionaries than any nation in the world. There are countries, uh, I just heard Teresa Weaver back there say amen. She serves in Albania. There are countries that were former communist countries where, where Jesus Christ and people who called on his name were persecuted and, and put in prison camps and executed. Now people are being sent out as missionaries from those countries. The country of the Philippines, where Mark used to serve, sends out an incredible number of missionaries. There are missionaries being sent out of Cambodia to Myanmar and to Vietnam and to Thailand and to the Middle East. It's the work that God has ordained and that he started and it's what we're a part of this week. I want you to get a picture that what we are a part of is incredible. And there ought to be some joy that we get to be a part of this great gospel work. And so this morning, I just want you to consider what God has allowed us, his church, his people to partner with. And I want you to pray for all of these missionary families we go into the weeks and the months and the year ahead. Don't forget about this week. Continue to pray for these incredible servants of God. Continue to give and to support. And you know what? Maybe God might call some of you up and out for the next great missionary journey because it's what we get to be a part of. So let's pray. God, what a privilege it is to be a part of your great missionary work around the world. Ordinary men and women who say yes to your call, who are sent out by your church and by your Holy Spirit to proclaim your gospel, your good news to the nations and plant churches and see men and women transformed and come to faith and then be sent out of those brand new churches to new places to start new churches to start new works because God that's what you're doing it's your plan and there is no plan B so help us to be faithful to pray and to give and to go excite us challenge us encourage us for the mission even tonight as we make financial commitments, God, let us do so sacrificially. God, give us a hunger to be the kind of people that would go. With your heads bowed and eyes closed for just a moment. Is there anybody this morning who would say, I haven't, I haven't been excited about God's mission to the world. 
and I, I want to be more excited about God's mission to the world. I, I want my heart to beat for his mission around the world. I, I want to have a generous heart and I, I want to have a praying heart for the mission work that God is doing all around the world. If anybody just says, pray for me that God would grow that in my heart, would you just raise your hand so I can pray for you? Yeah, praise the Lord, 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 praise the Lord. Amen. God, grow our heart in this area. God, give us a passion to see people who are far from you be drawn into a relationship through Jesus Christ. Is there anybody else this morning who would say, I sense that God may have some calling for my life and I may not know what it is, but I just sense that God may have some calling for my life, maybe to go. And I just want you to pray for me. Anybody like that this morning? Just slip your hand up and let me pray for you. Praise the Lord. Amen. Anybody else like that this morning? Praise the Lord. Amen. God, I pray for these who just raise their hand to say, whatever it is, God, make it clear. Help me to obey God. Strengthen them. Help us to be a good church for them. Pray in Jesus' name. Well, church, we're going to sing a song. It's really a prayer. The song we sang earlier, Great Are You, Lord, that bridge says, all the earth will shout your praise. Hearts will cry. Our tongues will say whatever those words are. Great are you, Lord. As we sing it, I, I want you to let it be your prayer that all the earth would shout his praise and, and, and that we could be a part of that. So why don't you stand up with me and, and let's just declare this as a prayer to our Lord this morning. Come on, let's sing it together.